retrograde was so difficult so intense and so powerful that I think a lot of us were really reviewing past relationships and coming to the realization of who we need to let go so hey guys welcome to another episode of Lightworkers Lounge it's your friend Stephanie Powers and this episode is going to be really heartfelt. It's going to be really deep. Um, it's Tuesday night, 9.21 p.m. And I've been lighting some Palo Santo. I've been asking a lot of you guys. I've been sneaking in your DMs and saying, Hey, how do you let go of someone you love? How do you let go of someone you love? You know, I think there's two avenues to this question. On one hand... You could be in a very toxic, emotionally, maybe even physically abusive relationship that the universe will make so uncomfortable, so traumatic, so difficult that you'll finally just reach a breaking point where you've said enough is enough and you'll leave. But on the other hand, there's times when you're in a relationship and you love this person unconditionally. There's really nothing wrong with them. There's no fighting. There's no drama. There's no abuse. There's no narcissistic qualities in any of you. But you know you need to let them go. It's this deep down intuitive feeling, intuitive knowing, all-encompassing, that you have to let them go, that you need to separate, that your soul contract is up. So how do you do that? How do you approach that situation? How do you tell that person you no longer love them and that you need to let them go? Will you guys join me for a deep breath? Ready? You know, I've got my uh, Bluetooth headphones on. And it's only on my left ear. And I'm playing our Spotify playlist, Music to Float to. I've got it on volume one, so it's just very faint in my ear. But it's helping me stay grounded and focused in this episode because it's really intense. Um, I meditated before I hit record. And I'm feeling it. This is a difficult episode, but... A lot of people have requested it, and I know for a fact there are a lot of people out there wondering how to let go of someone they love. So this episode is for you. Do you guys have a place that you go to in your mind when you're really stressed out, or you're really sad and heartbroken, or maybe you're really angry, you're overwhelmed? Do you have that place? For me, it's South Carolina. I always close my eyes and I float back to South Carolina. I float back to upstate in a little town called Fort Mill, where I'm in a field of fresh wildflowers in May, and I can smell the strawberries, and I can smell honeysuckle. 
and the sky has the most puffy white clouds that are trying to turn into thunderstorms but never quite make it, but they're so puffy. I also float down to Charleston, South Carolina, to this beach called Isle of Palms. And I'm just walking. Or I'm on a plantation with these long, draping, old oak trees. <laughs> but that place, whether it's the beach or the mountains, or maybe it's your favorite room of your grandma's house, you know, it can be absolutely anywhere. I just, I hope you guys have that place that you can close your eyes and float back to and just be reminded that what you're feeling right now is for now. Everything changes. Everything shifts. And if you're feeling overwhelmed or sad or frustrated or stuck, it's just for now. So how do you let go of someone you love? It's really, really difficult. When you let go of this person... It's because your soul was telling you to do. Your intuition. And for me personally, it's been hard to listen to that intuition because my intellectual mind has said, has laid it all out like a Virgo moon. It's laid it all out and given me reasons and lists of why this person is perfect and how I can make them perfect and how we can work on things when all along my intuition was like, girl... Why you got to make this so difficult? <laughs> Just trust me. But I didn't trust myself. I didn't trust my soul, my spirit, my intuition. That is an act of self-betrayal, and that's something I'm working on. So if that's you too, you're in good company. When letting go of someone you love, it is really important to first and foremost set boundaries. You have to cut contact with them. And, you know, blocking them on social media, maybe you block their phone number and delete it. You know, we're socially conditioned to believe that this is an act of saying, fuck you. <laughs> fuck off. I don't want to talk to you anymore, you asshole. But that's not what cutting off contact means. Take a step back and look at it. Cutting contact, blocking people on social media, especially, that is an act of self-love that you are doing for yourself to move on. It's an act of self-respect, setting that healthy boundary. And you know, you really have to get to know yourself and be honest with yourself. You want to let go of this person you love, but are you going to be checking up on their social media? Are you going to feel inclined to not only look at their profile, but look at the person they're dating now or their best friend's profiles to see if they've been tagged in any photos. You know what I mean? It's very dangerous on social media. You know, it's a slippery slope. And you have to come to terms with, can I handle this? Do I need to block this person and all of his or her friends and all of his or her family members so that I'm not tempted to stalk them and follow them and Keep that energetic cord intact. You have to set that healthy boundary. Um, when I got a divorce last year, it didn't end, you know, 
it was a mutual agreement, but it ended in a very dramatic way, which was just like, I'm so sorry, you guys, I'm getting emotional. Um, compose myself. You know, I think after spending 10 years with someone, especially your formative years, your growth years in your 20s, it's no matter what, even if you give each other a huge hug and then shake on, yes, we're going to separate, <laughs> nice firm handshake, it's going to end triggering you. You're going to be mad. You're going to be angry at them. Um, you're going to be really sad, and that's going to translate into fear and anger and it's scary when you spend a decade. I mean, even if you've only spent like two to three, four, five years with your partner, they become a part of your everyday life. And all of a sudden, when you rip that away, you have to learn how to live again. You have to learn how to go on without them being such a huge part of your life and you know, speaking off of experience coming out of a 10-year relationship, it's it doesn't go away overnight. Even when you set those healthy boundaries and you block each other on all social media channels, you block their phone numbers, it doesn't go away. Because there will be times where something really cool happens to you. You see something and you want to take a picture and send it to them, but you can't. Or... When something really rough happens and you want to share it with them and talk to them about it, but you can't. You know, you, you have to wean yourself off of that really, really strong connection. And especially during Mercury retrogrades, you'll start to say, did I make the wrong decision? Do I regret what I did? But go ahead and ask yourself those questions and go ahead and maybe even feel like you did during retrograde anyway but your intuition will circle back around and tell you that you made the right decision you have to tap into what it felt like to be with them and have that intuitive message and feeling in your heart and your soul say you have to leave you have to leave this is not for you there is something more better suited for you way better for you on the horizon you have to leave you have to remember that. You know, for me personally, during Mercury retrogrades, I go over all of the what ifs. You know, what if I chose to put in more work? What if I chose to, you know, beg my partner to go to counseling with me? Like, just what if I should have tried harder? We would have made the best parents. We would have we would have been so comfortable if we, when we bought our first house. It would have been so comfortable and easy. You know, that fantasizing, romanticizing, it takes over the intuition and really uh, stifles it. Then me personally, I just let it go. I just let it happen. Let the fantasizing take over. But I have to remind myself once I'm out of juice, <laughs> creativity juice, like, hey girl, let, let's, let's remember how it felt. When you would hug and kiss this person and your intuition would crop up and say, you know what's coming. Um, another huge one is clean out photos and text messages. 
This is coming from a girl who's got a Scorpio moon. I, my moon is a water sign. I am the most sentimental person, you guys. I <laughs> I cry when I get a new car and I've traded my old one. Um, I get all sentimental when I have to leave a hotel room or leave an Airbnb, even if I just spent one night there. Like, and I think that's because as an empath, I pick up on energy everywhere I go and I vibe with it and I mesh with it. And I leave a bit of my own very powerful energy in that space. You know, you know, your, your car is like your second home, especially when you love, it's like my car is like my office, my dining room, my bedroom, <laughs> my cars are just my world. And they're such a sacred space to me. And same with anywhere I go when I travel. When I go to a hotel room, I turn it into my sacred space to just decompress from absorbing all the world's energies. So of course, even if I just stay there for 12 hours when I leave, I'm saying goodbye to a piece of that. I'm saying goodbye to a moment in time that affected me. You know what I mean? That provided me with such good abundance of a roof over my head and a bathtub to take a warm bath in and clean water coming out of a faucet to brush my teeth. Like I'm just so thankful for all the energy and people and things that go into making that a possibility for me. Am I getting totally over your head? <laughs> but I have a feeling you empaths listening to this are like, yes, finally someone's putting it into words. But that's how I feel. I'm very sentimental. So Deleting photos, deleting text messages, and just deleting any evidence of that person, any residual energy from them, is really difficult. But on the same token, it feels really good to delete like a year's worth of text messages, thousands and thousands, to hit that red button delete and watch them disappear. It feels... Kind of like when you donate clothes and your closet is a bit more empty. It feels really good. You feel the energy leave your aura. You really do. Another way to let go of someone you love. Oh, goodness. This isn't a way. This is a warning. <laughs> Don't jump into a new relationship. Don't jump into a new relationship. Now, this has been debated. There's a post on Instagram. It was from months ago where someone asked, you know, what's your opinion on dating after divorce? Okay. So you guys know I just went through a divorce last year and there's this huge debate. Should you wait six months? Should you wait a year? Should you do whatever the fuck you want? And I know everyone is, this is very individual, case by case basis. It all depends but now that I'm going on a year after my divorce and yes I have dated people I would say don't jump into a new relationship for six months to a year <laughs> and again case by case basis this is only just me personally um don't do it because you need time to process no matter how your relationship ended, whether it ended on a good note or a bad note, you have a lot, a lot, a lot of baggage, new things to get over. And 
you know, me personally, when I tried to date again, all I would do is compare these people to my ex-husband. And it was like, whoa, you don't do this. You don't talk to me like that. You don't like to go here, go there, do this, do that. Like, this is weird and this is uncomfortable. So in turn, I would act a little standoffish or, yeah, standoffish and kind of like raise my eyebrow like, wait, what? Because I've been with the same person for so long that I am not used to really any other ways of life or dating. So I needed to just heal. And I needed to spend the alone time completely ridding my energy field of this deep, deep, intense bond and connection I just had with someone for 10 years. For sure. Now, also, balance and yin and yang to everything. Because on the same token, don't stay home and wallow in self-pity. Um, going out and dating again. You know, you don't have to go out and find the one. You don't have to go out and find your twin flame and get engaged and get married again. No, you can go out and have fun and just simply meet new people and see who's out there, what's out there. That can be part of your healing process. That can really further you along on your path. Now, this is hard for me because, again, I have a Scorpio moon in my Venus is in Scorpio. I crave deep connection. To me, every potential mate is a potential husband. <laughs> I'm mate for life. I really do. I can't help it. I just, I fall so deep, pull people into my Scorpio web, and we are just <laughs> in the cosmos floating around. <laughs> but, you know, I was just learning that about myself. You guys know I actually just learned about what all the planets in your chart mean. I literally learned what my moon sign was last February. <laughs> so I've been studying it for over a year now. And now I know like how I behave. This is why astrology is so important. Now I know that I am prone to looking at everyone as a life partner. So I'm like, whoa, girl, pull the reins back. Let's just chill. Let's just go out and have fun. Pull that Sagittarius sun out. I know you got it. <laughs> so don't jump into a new relationship right away. Give yourself time. And you know, when you, if you feel inclined to immediately jump into a new, serious, exclusive relationship, ask yourself why. Do you have a fear of being alone? Do you have a fear of feeling unwanted? Does it make you uncomfortable to not have a romantic prospect in your phone at all times? Someone not texting you, vowing for your attention? Why? You guys, I mentioned this on um, one of the podcast episodes, the, the one about spirit animals. <laughs> I had just gotten back from an amazing session with my emotional health consultant, April Adams, and I just had this huge epiphany with her that I had to just spend accidentally the first half of that episode just spewing out this epiphany, and it was that I feel unwanted. I have this childhood wound of feeling unwanted. I was an unwanted pregnancy. I was, I felt unwanted by my dad because he was so young when he had us and he was an alcoholic, so he was never around. So I felt unwanted, but then he went on to get married and have a new daughter. And then I really felt unwanted. So, you know, it stems from my formative years of always feeling unwanted, even as a fetus, 
there were vibrations of unwantingness being vibrated into my womb, which sounds really sad, but it's the truth. And when you can shed light on this and accept it, that's the moment you unlock the gate and you're free. So that's why I can share it with such a light heart because it's set me free. It truly has. Because <clears throat> now I can enter into relationships and if the person doesn't text me back right away and I start to get all these feelings of self-doubt and low self-confidence and they don't like me, they don't care about me, I can be like, pump the brakes, baby girl. This is just your childhood wound of feeling unwanted. And what's awesome is that um, when I work with April, she's been on the podcast before. So if you guys are new, checking us out for the first time, April is incredible. Apraladams.org. You can work with her no matter where you are in the world. She does Skype and Zoom calls. So she, um, her and I practice these hypnosis exercise called click tracks where I, you listen to a track <laughs> And it's this guy speaking in the background, but there's also noises in it. And you have to like tap on your legs faster or slower, depending on the beat. And then you're also thinking of an awful memory. So like in my mind, I'm saying I'm unwanted. I'm unwanted. Nobody wants me. Nobody loves me, which sounds awful. But by doing this, you are uprooting that belief from your subconscious. You are scientifically, physically rewiring and reprogramming your brain. It's really good. So that's another reason why I can speak on my feeling of unwantingness, being unwanted, with such a light heart, because I've been doing that with April. Oh, which leads me to my next point. Allow yourself to feel it. Allow yourself to feel that gaping hole of emptiness. That sounds really tough, doesn't it? That void. But that's how we get over our fears is we look them in the eye and we take a step forward and we immerse ourselves in our fear. Do you have a fear of being alone for the rest of your life? Be alone for the next three months. Don't date anybody. Don't live with anybody. Don't talk to anybody. I'm just kidding. You have to talk to people. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Step into that. Step into that. Because once you do you're going to realize that it's not so scary after all. That it was your mind playing tricks on you. And then you're free. And then you're free. So allow yourself to feel it. And I'll share a personal example of this. Feeling it. When I got my divorce, um... I was house-sitting. I have to. I had to leave our apartment, and then I went to house-sit in Evergreen, Colorado. And whew, it was crazy. You know, I was taking care of the dog and this cat, my own dog, while simultaneously living out of my car and packing and unpacking boxes. It was crazy. But I finally had one night where I prepared my own meal, and it was really weird to cook it for one person because for the past 10 years, I'm used to cooking for two. But I made my own meal and it looked delicious. And then I sat down at this huge family table that sat like eight, nine, ten people. But I sat at the head of this table, put down my plate, my silverware, my napkin, and my drink. And I sat down and it was so quiet. There wasn't a TV on with football. <laughs> 
There wasn't any music playing. I couldn't hear my husband watching funny videos on his phone. I couldn't hear him chewing. (laughs) It was dead silence. And I just remember really feeling empty. Very empty. Very alone. And I just burst into tears. And I wanted to call my mom and say, I made a mistake, or I'm so lonely, I'm so scared, or I wanted to call my friends, FaceTime my friends, and eat dinner with them, but I said no. I actually put my phone back near like the stove or something, I just put it away from the table to where I couldn't touch it, and I sat with like tears falling into my salad. I just sat there, and I said, I'm going to sit, and I'm going to feel this, and I'm going to cry for as long as I need to. And I think I sat at that table and cried for about 45 minutes straight. And it was like an initiation into adulthood, which is really bizarre because I think that was literally to a T the exact day I started my first Saturn return. If you guys don't know what that is, there's a podcast episode from last April. Go back in the archives. But your first Saturn return is something that happens to you between the ages of 28 and 31. And it is. It's the initiation into adulthood. It's really rough. But when you come out of it, life is incredible. And that was my moment for sure. It was like, wow. I'm not married. I don't have the help of a man anymore. Of a partner anymore. I'm alone. It's me against the world. And, you know, I'm sorry for the long pauses, but I just, I fall into the emotion of what my life used to be like as a married woman, as a wife. I miss my husband's energy. I always will. He was a very wonderful person. And... He was a very comfortable, just beautiful, fuzzy, warm energy. But he wasn't my one. He wasn't my twin flame or my karmic partner. He was my big, fluffy soulmate. <laughs> and I always love him for that. You know what I thought about the other day? It just popped in my mind. When I have my children maybe they're teenagers when do I tell them or maybe I wait for them to bring it up or wait for the conversation to bring it up but what are they going to think when I tell them I've been married before to someone that wasn't their dad I think it's going to be a cool conversation I'll have nothing but nice things to say and I'll be excited to share that chapter of my life with them but you know I hope they think it's cool. And I hope my babies, my kiddos, I hope that that story I share with them inspires them to live their truth. I hope that it makes them feel empowered to make the right choice the first time and not have to learn the hard way. So another way to let go of someone you love is to write them a letter. 
I wrote my ex-husband an email. Just because, you know, when my fingers hit my keyboard, they turn to fire. I just get on a roll. But write them a letter, whether it's a handwritten letter, uh, whether it's an email like mine, whether it's a text message. Write them a letter saying everything you wish you could have said to their face. Maybe you need to apologize. Maybe you want to admit something you've been hiding from them throughout most of the relationship. Whatever you need to say. Whatever you want them to know. Whatever you want to apologize for. Write it out. Hand, if you handwrite it on a piece of paper, um, do what resonates with you. You can keep it and put it in your drawer. Nightstand drawer. Or maybe you have a little trinkets box with crystals and rocks and feathers in it. Put it in there. Or a really good way to release emotions behind that letter is to burn it on a full moon and watch it turn to ashes and float up into the universe or write that email even just the act of typing everything out and if you want to be even more brave put their email address like literally put a subject line type it out like you are going to send it to them but don't but type as if you are. Write as if you are. Tell them everything you want to get off your chest. Tell them how much you miss them. And just accept that life is going to feel different. You know, we humans, we don't like changing our routine. We thrive in routine. When we get to a place where we are very comfortable, we want to stay there forever. But that's not where growth occurs. And if you're listening to this podcast, you are here on earth to grow and evolve constantly. You know, life's not always going to be this tough, but you're always going to be presented with challenges. And each time you succeed and conquer one, it gets easier and easier. Okay? But you are here to evolve And I think that's why, you know, a lot of you, you listen to my divorce episode and especially during retrograde, I don't know which one of my spirit guides sent you, (laughs) sent you guys to the podcast to listen to the divorce episode and then email me afterwards. But a lot of you ask, you know, Steph, I just listened to your episode on divorce and why did you get a divorce? You sounded like you really, really loved him and you loved each other. Why did you, I don't understand. So... To that, I want to tell you guys that the word divorce, ooh, it's got a lot of negative electrical energy around it, doesn't it? Divorce, 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 break up. We're socially conditioned to believe that it has to end with breaking dishes and shouting matches or infidelity. Not the case. It does not have to be that way. My husband and I got a divorce because we have so much love and respect for each other that we were able to release each other into our destinies. We knew that we weren't meant to be anymore. And there would be times where I would be folding laundry and just staring at my husband from across the room as I was folding a towel. And I would think, 
my intuition tells me every day, hey, this is not the father of your children. This is not who you're going to live and die with. Like, this is not, this is not that person. He, there's a woman out there for him. There's a person out there for him. He's going to have children someday. And I'm pretty sure he's going to have a lot. (laughs) I read his birth chart. He's got like a fifth house stellium. But there's a woman out there for him. His future children are waiting for him. They're waiting for him. And by me holding on, I'm blocking that. I'm preventing that. His life partner is out there and she needs him. She's waiting for him. She's dreaming of him. His spirit babies are anxiously waiting to meet him. And I'm blocking that. And vice versa. My life partner is out there wondering about me. Wondering if he'll ever meet me. Maybe he's feeling fed up like he'll never meet me. And we'll never be together. But by holding on to a marriage that ran out of energy, we were delaying those destinies. And the last act of unconditional love that you can give each other is to release each other, to let each other go so that you can meet your fate. So that all the people you have yet to meet to help, to love, so that they can finally have you. And that was how we finalized our divorce decision. So, I love you guys, and I'm so excited that you're a part of the Lightworkers Lounge community. I really hope this episode helped you release someone you need to let go of. I want to give you a friendly reminder that we have a guided meditation called Cutting Energetic Cords. It is $2.99, available on our website, lightworkers-lounge.com. When you purchase this, I will email you within 24 hours with a direct audio file to the track. You download it, save it to your phone, save it to your computer, and it's yours for life. You can use it whenever you want. But this guided meditation helps you cut energetic cords to people. I walk you through the whole process. There's some frequency music playing in the background that really aids in this process. A lot of you have had really great success with it. And... Just check it out. Like I was saying in the beginning of this episode, I think a lot of us, we really spent a lot of time during this past Mercury retrograde reassessing and rethinking and reevaluating who we want in our life and who needs to go. And now with this fiery, airy season, we are ready to make the moves. We are ready to do it. So again, I'll add the link to the show notes. It'll be all over our Instagram at Lightworkers Lounge. But the Cutting Energetic Cords Guided Meditation will help you do this. And one quick thing I want to say about that, because so many people are nervous. You you guys are very nervous about that meditation because you think, well, wait, I don't want to completely cut this person out of my life. When I do this meditation, are they gone for good? No, they're not. This meditation can be used for your parents, you know, for people who aren't going anywhere, for your parents, for your siblings, um, for co-workers, for friends. It's inevitable as humans, our energetic cords to each other are going to get tainted. 
It is inevitable to be happy-go-lucky all the time in our relationships. Things are going to trigger us. Things are going to make us sad. Things are going to offend us, get us angry. So this cutting energetic cords guided meditation is like a spring cleanup. You know, say you haven't been getting along well with your mom. You guys are just not vibing, but you love her and she loves you unconditionally. Use this guided meditation to cut that tainted, black, heavy, dense cord. Cut it. And I don't want to give too much away because you'll hear me explain it during the meditation, but just cut it and watch that old dead cord die away. And then form a brand new one that's clean and bright. Maybe it's bright pink or neon green or just bright white, but it's clean and it's fresh. And the energy between you two will shift and feel so much lighter and better. So the guided meditation for cutting energetic cords is not a permanent fix, unless of course you want it to be. So another piece of advice when you purchase this and get ready to use it is set an intention. Write it down, say it in your head, say it out loud. Do you want to permanently sever your connection to this person? Or do you want to simply get rid of the old dense core to form a new one? Set the intention. Okay. I really hope this podcast episode has given you some insight on how to let go of someone you love. It's not easy, but it is incredibly worth it. And I can tell you guys, there's nothing that can compare to the feeling you get when you make a tough decision and stick with it to realign with your truth. When you listen to your intuition and follow your truth and you're realigned with what you've known all along in your gut and your soul and your heart, that feeling of freedom trumps the pain and the sorrow and the grief tenfold. I love you guys so much. Follow us on Instagram at Lightworkers Lounge. If you don't already, join Lightworkers Lounge premium plan so you can hang out during our Friday bonus podcasts. And I will see you guys next Wednesday. Goodbye.